Hey, thanks for tuning in. Today we're going to talk about the five most expensive real estate or priciest real estate transactions in the month of January in New York City. If you like this podcast, like, subscribe, tell a friend. I'm a real estate agent in New York City. We have a team of industry professionals that can help you from buying or selling a home, renting, renovations, if you need introductions to contractors, lenders, we have it all. So contact us. I hope you enjoy the show. Talk to you later. Bye. This is the Ask Amadeus show where we connect humans, houses, and culture. Talk talk about the issues surrounding housing and how it impacts your individual life, culture, and how it all wraps together because it's such an important part of our life. Follow me on social media at Marcus Amadeus on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Enjoy the show. Okay, so the month of January in New York City, five priciest New York City homes to sell last month. We actually had a Big dip off. The five largest residential deals recorded in January added up to $96, $97 million, which is a big drop from the $272.5 million in December when all five of the deals were at Vernado's Trust building, very luxury building on Central Park, 220 Central Park South, most at prices set in contracts years ago. So that means new development there's contracts years ago but then they close so sometimes it'll take two three years you buy them on spec and that's why they close later so a little bit of an adjustment all right so here's a look at january's five largest closed deals eight east 75th street it's a five-story townhome on the upper east side it sold for 38 million dollars to billionaire israel englander and the home was actually tied to the sackler family if you're not familiar with the sackler family they're part of, uh, made their fortune at Purdue Pharma, and it was an off-market deal. It closed on the 3rd, so that usually means, you know, there's it wasn't didn't go to the public market, but it was registered by the Department of Finance, and who knows what's going on here. If you've been following the news, the Sackler family has been sued many times over by different states, and uh, uh, this is around the opioid epidemic because they are behind the drug Oxycontin and they basically were said to be soliciting this drug illicitly or with bad intentions, not telling about the full ramifications of the addictive qualities of this. So number one, eight East 75th street, five story townhouse, upper east side, $38 million. Oh yeah. Number two, 92 Late, 92 Late Street, Penthouse A. This is a Meryl Streep's eight-room condo in Tribeca. It sold for $15.8 million. The buyer was Anonymous, a limited liability company, Madison Park, NY. So just a little background. A lot of times, could be wealthy individuals. It could be organizations. And in New York, they try to do this to have privacy when they're buying stuff as They'll buy as a limited liability company. Also, sometimes if you're doing it as a rental property, you want to switch into a limited liability company in case you're renting. You secure that asset 
individually versus your whole net worth if you have some um, bad thing or get sued or something like that. So it's a full floor pad. It had four bedrooms, a wraparound terrace, and it was about 4,000 square feet of living space. The actress was represented by Sotheby's International Realty, Juliet Janessis and Allison Kaufman. There was a lot of talk maybe about a year ago about not allowing these wealthy individuals to form limited liability companies for a few reasons. Some people are saying that you can't really track the money where it's coming from and it should be public data who's living where. I think this is kind of weird because, you know, if you want to register to vote, you you have to disclose publicly disclose your um, address as well. So there's not a lot of and an ability to be anonymous. Couldn't find the word there. Number three, 443 Greenwich Street, 2A. It's a spacious Tribeca loft condo building sold for $14.7 million. Both the seller and buyer were anonymous LLCs. You see, there's a trend here. SR Tribeca and JTMS NYC. Very vague. Na- neighbors in the star-studded building include... Blake Lively, Ryan Reynolds, Jennifer Lawrence, maybe that's where her friend's pad is, Justin Timberlake, Harry Styles, and Jet.com founder, Mark Lohr. That is a star-studded building, wouldn't you say? 443 Greenwich Street. Number four, 111 Murray Street, 55W. This, the unlisted unit at Fisher Brothers Whitcoff Group and New Valley's Tribeca Condominium sold for 14.3. The buyer cloaked in an LLC again named Cape May. This is a quite a large home. 3,391 square feet, four bedrooms. Wealthy people like to hide their identity in fancy real estate. That's for another episode. We're just talking about the priciest homes right now. And lastly, 23 Perry Street, the four-story townhouse in the West Village sold for $14.1 million to Cynthia L. Holland, Revocable Trust. The seller, Fortress Equity Partners, was represented by Compass's Leonard Steinberg and Clayton Agio and Stefan Ferreira of Hudson Advisory Team. The home includes an elevator, a wine cellar, and a gym. So five sales in New York City all equaling up to about $97 million one month. Ooh, that's some hot property. If you want to take a little look, go look them up online. There's also an article in The Real Deal where you can go check out what these all look like. Only It seems only one of them was on there, or two of them. Half of them were off market. Four to five of them, or three out of five of them. Anonymous. Hope you enjoyed that one. We'll talk to you later. Bye. We're going to start adding another little section to combine with the real estate stuff, the culture, political stuff we talk about. You know, you're in New York this week. You need something to do. So this is going to be the best things to do this week in New York City. Curated by Time Out, of course. If you're not familiar with Time Out, they have a, it's a great publication. They do all sorts of cities, and they're very popular in New York. So, great venue called Little Fields and Gowanus. If you've ever been there, they have like things like Moth Story Hour. They have comedy shows. Sometimes they have events, but it's kind of more like 
They have a lot of podcasts as well. So it's a really fun, fun place to go. Littlefield's Gowanus, February 14th. It's called Tinder Live. It is a comedy show surrounding the, the dating app Tinder. If you're not familiar, swipe left, swipe right if you like to date these people or not. If you're hoping for someone swiping, some swiping tips, no matter how ridiculous, this is the event for you. Tinder in real life. Anything can happen. And this year's writers, Jemaya Lemux and Dylan Maron and the journalist Ada Cloen will provide hot takes. Tinder live. Yes or no. February 14th as well at the Hilton Garden Inn in New York, Manhattan slash Chelsea. Oh, just, yeah, look at remind you. Littlefield is in Gowanus in Brooklyn. Sorry if I didn't mention that. Wellbeing, Nature Walk, Hilton Garden Inn, New York, Manhattan, Chelsea, February 14th. Stroll and walk through the uh, top floor artists in the flower district. So you're going to go look at some flowers. The winter has been unseasonably warm. So maybe this is a good time to pick up. Maybe spring to start a little earlier. So go check out some flowers in Chelsea on the 14th. Michael Shea. He's got a t- stand-up show in Carolines and Broadway on the 14th as well. Through the 16th, a couple days. Michael Shea is hilarious. He is one of the co-hosts of... Uh, he's in the um, Saturday Night Live, but he holds, I, I forget what, it's, I should know this. It's the ongoing, the, you know, Weekend Update. He's the co-host for Weekend Update. I think he's hilarious. He's got a dry sense of humor. Very funny. SNL's co-head writer, Weekend Update star. It's a three-night comedy stand at Times Square Comedy Club. Hannibal Burris should be there as well as it says. It's featured on the showcase at the Knitting Factory. Oh, sorry. Hannibal Burris does a, a, a continuing ongoing comedy show at the Knitting Factory. He's really funny. That's things things in Williamsburg. So take your Valentine's Day date there. Friday, this is anti-Valentine, you know, Friday is Valentine's Day. It's the it's Friday I'm not in love. If you know The Cure, one of my favorite bands. This is also in Littlefields in Gowanus. So is it the same night as 14th Tinder Live. Okay. Well, check the times out. Tinder. A lot of stuff going on in Littlefields in Gowanus on Friday. This is your anti. It's, it's a uh, commercialization of coupledom. No, we don't want any of that. So wear black clothes. Enjoy a night of heartbreaking tunes spudden by DJ Ceremony. Then get your portrait taken in a photo booth and dance your love sickness away. So this is a party if you're single. Go there. Comedy show in East Village, Electrical, Electric Bitch, Red Room, East Village on the 14th. Veteran improviser, Caddy Berry, takes you on an eccentric musical journey that wraps cabaret, burlesque, and improv into one show. Berry's 1920s, Willamar-inspired character, Electric Bitch, crafts songs and freestyle raps based on her interactions with audience members and guests who come in and do that. We're going to wrap this one up here. Three's Brewing Company, also in Gowanus. Gowan, you know what they also call it? They call it Gowanus Camp Gowanus. You know why? Because they've just got archery, axe throwing, shuffleboard, a bunch of breweries there. They got other half. They got Three's Brewing, a lot of places. So it's a fun place to go. If, you've, if you're new to Brooklyn or you're usually hanging out in um, hanging out in Manhattan, it's a, it's a fun area to go. A lot of places to go right in front of each other. So Sunrise. Is a it's a screening uh, on the 14th sunrise 
from 1927 with a live score. So it's a black and white movie they're going to do with a live band to kind of give it uh, a dramatic dramatization of a silent film screening. So that'd be kind of fun. Three brew and get some beers too. All right. Last one we're going to do. This is the real last one we're going to do. As you can, this is all over the city is visit the new planetarium show at the museum of natural history. You remember the new museum of natural history when you were a kid, great place to go. I think when you've been in New York for a long time, sometimes you forget that we have these really, we have a great museum here. I remember the first time I went there, it like blew my mind seeing animals and dinosaurs and all that stuff. So it's a, it's narrated by award winning actor Lupita Nyong, the American Museum of Natural History newly released planetarium show is going to be a blast. The show at the Hayden Planetarium debuted on the 21st of January. It's going to go on for a couple weeks. Tickets are $28. It's the first show at the planetarium to use its newly installed high dynamic projection system, and which means you're going to be able to see all these crazy colors and high depth and uh, if you've ever been to a planetarium, they're really cool. Giant screen. You kind of lay back a little bit. It looks like you're looking at the, the, the stars. It's trying to like transport the audience to far corners of our solar system and beyond with detailed scenes drawn from scientific data collected by robotic explorers. We've sent to the moon, the icy volcanic surfaces of Jupiter's moon, and... Uh, into the showers of the liquid methane on Saturn's moon. So it's pretty cool. Check it out. So you got, we'll wrap that up. You got comedy. You got anti-Valentine's Day. You got flowers. And you got nature. Those are great things to go see. So hope you enjoyed. That's it for the podcast today. Tune in. We do one twice a week. Follow me online at Marcus Amadeus online. Also subscribe on YouTube. If you need to buy, sell, or rent a house in New York City or beyond, give me a call. Free consultation. I'll let you know if you want to stay put or you want to go somewhere else. Have a good day. Bye.